What words of wisdom would you want to receive if you were beginning a new season? If you cared about someone about to begin a new endeavor, what advice would you give that loved one? Likely, you would want to offer some insight, something that would help them to serve them well as they begin their new journey. And you would want to offer something that wouldn't just help them that day, but for a lifetime, many years into their endeavor. As I mentioned before, uh, we are beginning a new series in the book of Proverbs. This series is entitled, The Way of Wisdom. Today, we will look at the first half of Proverbs 1. Next week, uh, Dane, the Pastor Dane will lead us through the rest of that chapter. So if you have a Bible near you, I invite you to turn to Proverbs chapter 1. We will read the first 19 verses. If you don't have a Bible near you, um, one, let us know. If you, if you don't have a Bible of your own that you have at your home, let us know so we can provide one for you. Even if you are viewing online, let us know through our, our website, and we will send you a Bible. Don't let that be an obstacle for you reading God's Word. Uh, Proverbs is in the, the middle of the Bible. It comes after the book of Psalms. And so, as I said before, I invite you to turn to Proverbs chapter 1. And we will have the verses on the screen behind me. And you're welcome to follow along as I read. Proverbs chapter 1, starting with verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity. To give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. Like Sheol, let us swallow them up alive and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder. Throwing your lot among us, we will all have one purse. My son... Do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. 
for in vain is a net spread in the sight of any bird. But these men lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. Such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessors. To digest this text, I'm going to share two points. Uh, the first, a call to heed the pursuit of wisdom. And second, a call to avoid the pursuit of sin. Again, first, a call to heed or to pay attention to the pursuit of wisdom. And second, a call to avoid or stay away from the pursuit of sin. First, the pursuit of wisdom. The book of Proverbs is, is a collection of wise sayings that have three authors. Uh, the first is uh, Solomon, and the first 30 or first 29 of the books of Proverbs, or, or of the Proverbs chapters, are all from Solomon. The remainder are from two other men, Agar and Lemuel. Solomon, son of David, was a historical king of Israel. And before Solomon became king of that nation, it's very likely that his dad, he, he shared lessons of faithfulness that would serve him well. He would have also been aware of the consequences of rejecting God's word, of, of not following God, to, of turning away from the Lord, from the words of his parents as well. David, king of the nation of Israel, had sinned against the Lord and taken Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah, one of David's soldiers, who David had set up in battle to die. Through one of the prophets, God accused, he, he told David what he had done. He, he made his sin come to light. And David repented and mourned both his sin and the death of David and Bathsheba's first son. Solomon was the second child of David and Bathsheba. And God had called him to be the next king after David. So one night, Solomon, being young and experienced, he, he prayed to God for one thing. You see, he knew that ruling the nation of Israel would be a, a difficult task. To, to rule it faithfully was not a light thing. And in humility, he didn't ask for greater wealth. He, he didn't ask for a longer life. You know, he didn't even ask for or request years of peace from his enemies or just to have a lot of children, a lot of heirs to, to continue the lineage of the throne. No. Instead, Solomon asked for what would help him rule well and to serve God faithfully. Wisdom. And by grace, God gave Solomon that wisdom. He, he received his prayer request, and he had wisdom that surpassed all 
of other nations. In fact, the book of the Kings shares of this wisdom. I'm going to read a passage from 1 Kings chapter 4, verses 29 through 34. It reads, And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure and breadth of mind like the sand on the seashore, so that Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the peoples of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt. For he was wiser than all other men, wiser than, than Ethan the Ezraite, and Heman, and Kalkol, and Darda, the sons of Mahol, and his fame was in all the surrounding nations. He also spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. He spoke of trees, from the cedar that is in Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the wall. He spoke also of beasts and of birds and of reptiles and of fish. And the people of all nations came to hear the wisdom of Solomon and from the kings of the earth who had heard his wisdom. Though Solomon was visited by both the wealthy and rulers, we see an expanded student body in the book of Proverbs. Verses 2 through 6, we find the, the purpose of this writing. Perhaps, as he was remembering the time before God had, had graced him, had, had placed his hand of grace upon him and given him wisdom, Solomon's goal was to share that gift with others, to, to share with both the knowledgeable and the simple, the young and the experienced, to, to help them receive instruction and understanding, to have discernment as they go throughout their day-to-day. -day. In this preface or introduction to Proverbs, Solomon provides the aim that he calls all hearers of this, this wise saying, these Proverbs, to focus their life on. In a worthy endeavor that is, is profitable and life-giving to pursue wisdom. And, and this isn't just you know, information or, or surface knowledge that, 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 it, that will only be good for, for just thinking about. This isn't unusable philosophy that Solomon is trying to share. No, in Proverbs, wisdom is described as something that benefits one's day-to-day -day interactions and conversations. As example, verse 3 to receive instruction in wise dealings, in righteousness, justice, equity. Verse 6, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. Solomon's expectation was that the content of these writings would be more than just head knowledge, that they would be put into action as the hearer goes out into the world. But he also offers more than just a list of rules or some sort of list of life hacks that will help you in the new year. The king of Israel invites the hearer to receive a gift that will serve them for a lifetime. That no matter the situation or conversation, 
the one who accepts this invitation would know who to look to, that they would know how to speak, they would know how to act, no matter what they were going through, whether in the hills of life or in the valleys, that they would be able to look to the one to where that wisdom that Solomon had came from, the source of that wisdom. And so in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, the source of that wisdom is shared. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Verse 7, it serves as a sort of hinge point in chapter 1. It, 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 it also serves as a, a running thread throughout all of Proverbs. In fact, it is repeated both in Proverbs and in other books. Let, let me just share a little bit of, of these verses, these examples with you. Job chapter 28, verse 28, it reads, And he said to man, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to turn away from evil is understanding. Psalm 111, verse 10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and all those who practice it have good understanding. Psalm 8, verse 13, the fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance in the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 27, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. And Proverbs Chapter 15, verse 33, the fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom, and humility comes before honor. This fear of the Lord, it was so important that the inspired writers, they repeated the statement. But should we fear or dread the God of the Bible? Should we have this Anxiety towards the God, the creator of heaven and earth? You know, the, the question, that question reminds me of an excerpt from the, the book series, The Wind and the Willows. It was, that was a favorite of mine when I was a child. Uh, I'll read just a little bit of that expert, uh, excerpt. Uh, As the characters Mole and Rat are searching for a baby otter, they unexpectedly come into the presence of the divine. Here it reads, Then suddenly the mole felt a great awe fall upon him, and awe that turned his muscles to water, bowed his head, and rooted his feet to the ground. It was no panic terror. Indeed, he felt wonderfully at peace and happy. But it was an awe that smote and held him, and without seeing, he knew it could only mean that some august presence was very, very near. This fear that Solomon spoke of was a complete awe and reverence for that only the creator of heaven and earth deserved. 
This is a worship that inspires pages upon pages, book after book, just to, to, to give you a reflection of God's glory, to speak of his character, of his goodness. And yes, it is a fear that can stop us in our tracks as man's sinfulness collides with God's holiness. Is the Lord one to be feared? More than we know. So Solomon provided a, a book full of insights just to, to help to unlock that answer. The word proverb can also be understood as a, a parable or a relatable story, something that you can understand, that you can look upon your own life and say, yeah, I, I get what you are saying. So it's not surprising that to, to better explain this wisdom, Solomon provided the first of many proverbs in an easy-to-grasp illustration of a caring father giving advice to an older child. It's as though Solomon was speaking to his own son as he called for the listener, the hearer, to pay attention to what is about to be said. The word hear in verse 8 is more than just to the ability to audibly take in what is being said. No, no, it's more than that. It's, it's a call to listen and respond with obedience. You can imagine if you were a coach and you are provided important tips to, to your athletes in order for them to win a competition, how would you feel if those athletes, that they looked at you, nodded in their head and said, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a good idea, coach. Thank you for that tip. We appreciate it. And then they did the exact opposite of what you shared. Likely, you would be disappointed by their behavior, disappointed that they didn't trust and listen to you, that they didn't obey the instructions that you gave. In the same way, we can picture a caring parent preparing his son with words of advice as, as his offspring is about to begin a new venture. He's given insight that he is calling his offspring, his loved one, to respond with obedience. And so verse 8 through 9, we, we, it reads, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. Solomon described the result of, of obeying such teaching as an athlete winning a competition. He says, pay attention and don't ignore what you are about to hear. If you do receive and follow these words, they will help you succeed in the race of life that is about to be ahead of you. You, in the end, will be clothed as a champion, honored for the achievement that you are about to make. And then, similar to, to verse 7, Solomon continued with a, a contrast to the one who fears the Lord in the form of a call that the hearer must avoid. 
Which brings us to our second point, the pursuit of sin. You'll find this reoccurring thing happening in the book of Proverbs if you, if you read it. it uh, Solomon provides a, a compare and contrast situation, two paths that you can take. And so now the father gives the son advice about a path he should not take. The illustration continued with a warning. While the father encouraged his offspring to, to accept his instruction of wisdom, he warned against those who would attempt to lead the son down the wrong path. Verses 10 through 11. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. Who are these individuals that Solomon speaks of? You know, he, he didn't provide a character bio for these unnamed persons. But like those in verse 7, the son should be wary of following people who despise wisdom and instruction. He should be wary of going after people who, instead of seeking righteousness and justice, they, they, they look to violence. So let's look at what these fools are inviting the son to participate in. As sin is sometimes described in the Bible, these individuals are like predators, crouched down, waiting to pounce on unsuspecting victims. The text doesn't even state that they know the people that they're about to attack. There's just no purpose to their violence except to take what is not theirs. This is like a get-rich-quick scheme. Without knowing the, the bank account or the, the, the resources of the one that they're about to attack, these men, they, they promise precious goods to the sun. They, they, they promise enough to fill all their houses. So what does this look like today? Well, sin comes in many forms, but one of the main drivers is a desire to take what God has not provided you. From Adam and Eve eating the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden, to David looking down at Bathsheba from his rooftop. We see countless examples of sin driving people to, to covet and then to forcibly take what God has not provided them. Perhaps you see this in the news of what's going on around the world. Maybe you see it in your workplaces, your schools. Maybe as you think about your own life, you feel sin enticing this desire in your own heart. This enticement that Proverbs 1 speaks of is the opposite of fear in the Lord. It is a call to reject God's love and provisions and say, I'll just take what I want when I want, no matter what. 
But the one who fears the Lord has an awe-filled gratitude for what God has given them. Trusting that if there is more to receive, God in time will provide it. And so, verse 15, the father warns the son not to follow those who are led by their sin. This isn't just a, you know, uh, you know be cautious, but, you know, follow your curiosity. Just, just see from afar what they are up to, but, but you know, be cautious. No, this isn't that type of warning. This is a don't be in their presence, son. Do not go with them. Don't pay attention to them, for they will lead you astray. Perhaps Solomon, he, he, he heard the first part of a psalm that was likely written by his father, David. Um, psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 2 reads, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Solomon knew the result of such a path of sin. He saw it in his own family. The destination of such a path is death. The king of Israel, he, he compared the sinner looking for unjust gain to that of a bird unaware of the danger in front of it. The ambush that was planned in the end will take the life of the sinner who set it. Now, we can imagine that only a foolish animal would walk into an obvious death trap. But, but that is how such enticement to reject God's wisdom is described here. And so Solomon's inspired advice is to make haste to avoid such foolishness. To, to not follow the path of sin, no matter what it promises, for it can never pay back what it takes. In contrast, the fear of the Lord provides what one can never earn. In the same account in, in the book, The Wind in the Willows, as he is struggling to speak, the character Mole is, is only able to, to sneak out one question to his friend. I'm going to read that excerpt. It continues, Rat, he found breath to whisper, shaken. Are you afraid? Afraid? murmured the rat, with eyes shining of unutterable love. Afraid of him? Oh, never, never. And yet, and yet, oh, mole, I am afraid. Then the two animals, crouching to the earth, bowed their heads and did worship. In a moment of intense 
awe, the characters wisely recognize what such fear should produce. Unutterable love and worship. In the gospel account of Matthew chapter 17, we see a similar awe come upon three of Jesus' disciples. Matthew chapter 17, starting with verse 1, reads, And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, appeared them, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah t- talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I I will make you three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. In that gospel account, we read of Jesus revealing his his inward hidden glory. A moment that brought together Moses, Elijah, and Christ, the the representatives of the law, the prophets, and the Messiah. That would have been intense enough on its own. Then suddenly, the three disciples heard the voice of the Father, giving them a call to pay attention to. Again, it reads, this is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased, listen to him. Solomon's illustration is one of a father telling his son to heed his parental call to seek wisdom. But during Christ's transfiguration, God the Father tells the disciples to listen to the words of the Son. And like Solomon's proverb, the recipients of this instruction are expected to do more than just audibly take it in. The father called the awestruck disciples to hear and obey the words of Christ. For in them are found both wisdom and life. You see, in Christ, we find both the way of wisdom and the means to follow it. For, if we're honest, by our own efforts, we would not and could not follow such a path. Even Solomon, inspired by God and gifted with wisdom, in the end, he ignored many of the instructions that he wrote. He, he, he obtained more than what God had provided him. He worshipped idols of other nations instead of the one true God. The result was a fracture that led to the division of the kingdom of Israel. But through the saving work 
of Jesus Christ, we find undeserved grace to receive what we could never earn. For in Christ, mankind is able to look to God with unutterable affection. And mankind is able to experience the amazing love of the Father. As the song goes, how deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure that he would give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. If you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is the love that has been given to you. This is the same love, the same amazing love that transforms us from a stranger to a child of God. It, it can also lead you with wisdom no matter the situation or conversation that you are in. Perhaps as you look forward into 2023, there is much uncertainty and worry that is in your heart. Maybe you have an event or an interaction that you are dreading, that you are unsure of what to do or say. Now, there will be plenty of books and articles that will try to give you words of advice. But Christian, remember this. The source of wisdom that has been given to you is available through Jesus Christ. So may 2023 be a year of growing faith as you prayerfully come to God, no matter the situation, as you live in awe of the one true king. If you are not a Christian, and even perhaps if you're completely new to Christianity, know that this is a call for you as well. In the same gospel account, the writer Matthew shared this invitation of Christ. Uh, chapter 11, verses 28 through 30 reads, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Friend, this Christ is available today with hands of peace and compassion held out with the same invitation. You will find rest in his embrace, and you will find wisdom to lead you on the path of life. If you would like to learn more about what it means to follow Christ, I invite you to, to fill out that request on the connection card. Whether you're in person or you're viewing remotely, you can fill that out and let us know. Or you could even reach out to a, a member or staff here at Beacon. We would be happy to tell you more about this amazing love through Jesus Christ. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. May 
2023 bring you closer to the one who is worthy, who is deserving of our unutterable love and awestruck worship. Let us pray. Dear Lord, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for these reminders that come from your word that you have given us this text to, to propel us into the world, being, knowing of who you are and what that means for our lives, that you are the source of wisdom. And by grace, you have provided both salvation and the means to live lives reflecting of your truth and your love through Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this reminder of what it means to be in complete awe of you. For that is what you deserve, Lord, our love, our affection, our worship, but yes, also our obedience, knowing that from you comes the way of life and wisdom. And so, we do pray that we would live lives as such. We pray we would live lives that not only reflects your goodness, but uh, that, 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 that goes out into the world to tell other, others of that grace. That in our day-to-day, -day, we would have opportunities to share of who you are and what that means for our lives. Father, we pray for the rest of this service and opportunity to continue to worship through song. We pray all these things in your name. Amen.